0: Welcome to the New Life Podcast on the Stream Grace Network.
1: Well, hello everybody and welcome. I am Jeremy Griffin. I'm here today, joined with the one and only John Yule Jr. Yes, sir. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm good. I I know that my son made this music, but I love it so much. Dude, I love it too. He's like incredibly talented. I really want to just like, you know, what's weird? He made this track. It's only a minute long or something and that's all it ever is like I want him to make it again that's three minutes long so I can just kind of
0: yeah I know man
1: four, well for actually make a 12 minute murder <laughs> you know we could just like let it run for a little bit and chill yeah I'm just gonna we're gonna I'm just gonna let's bring just it in let's play it again man just let's bring let it in play the, there it is just oh hey everybody just take just a deep chill. breath today actually yeah we got a minute and 30 of this let if it we play want. for a minute I'm not gonna let it play for a minute 30 <laughs> No, It's nice. I like that. Anyway. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. What are we talking about today, man? Well, um, it's been... You realize we've been talking before the podcast so long that I'm almost out of coffee already. Well... Which is okay. That's all right. I can get through it, but... So, um, I don't want... I
0: want to bring everybody up to speed on a few things uh, as far as why we've we've taken about um, a month off. Yeah. Um, It's been... three to four weeks since we've put out an episode. Um, And uh, to get more detail of what has been going on in my life, I'm going to do something I haven't done on my podcast. Um, I would invite you to uh, check over to the Renewed You podcast. I'm going to record this afternoon um, with uh, a few people. We're going to talk about a major transition that's gone on in my life. Um, And we're going to talk about dealing with loss.
1: Oh, I thought you were talking about you were transitioning no and i'm thinking wait a minute no, no. this is news to me yeah no i'm not transitioning <laughs>
0: um but we've experienced the death of my mom yeah my, my dad's wife obviously uh, first time as a minister um that i've been on this side of the casket <laughs> i've yeah. always been on the ministry side so it really knocked us for a loop um as you would expect but um um I've got Teresa Davis um, who has been on with us before. She's a licensed counselor. And we're just gonna talk about uh, processing through loss and and give you a little bit more detail on that, as well as bring um, hopefully some hope and encouragement as far as why Christianity and what we believe is so vital for going through major seasons of transition in your life. So check that out at Renewed You um, on our podcast. Um, But I want us to pick back up. We've been in this series called Frequency, and uh, there are some times in my life where you hit on something and it's like a gusher just keeps coming. Um, And uh, it's like you hit, you hit a nerve and things just kind of keep rolling. And um, what started out as a great idea uh, originally has really turned into – a tentpole um, mm-hmm. idea of uh, you know uh, what what we what we are who we are at, at New Life Church and what it is that God has called us to do. This is one of those those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, when I talked to leaders in the past, um, I used to do a session called "What's Your Secret Sauce." you know uh, when you think about the fact that you've got a McDonald's and a Burger King usually right across the street from each other or in very close proximity in fact in one area of the south oklahoma city metro on the same corner there is a Carl's Jr a across the street is a Freddy's right hamburgers and across from that is a restaurant called Louie's that serves burgers and within a half block is a Brahms that serves burgers. How do all four of these burger joints, how are they able to survive?
1: Listen, you know, I worked at a church in Choctaw that was at the corner of Reno and Choctaw Road, Mm -hmm. along with two other churches on the same (laughs) Same corner. corner. There were three churches out of four corners i mean literally yeah you could hit any church with a golf ball from either church <laughs> and all of them are good sized churches they're yeah. not dinky little you know right no uh, they're, they're good, they're size good churches. sized churches
0: so how so it's possible <laughs> it is possible so how how can how what can we in the church learn from those kind of environments where you've got these hamburger joints they're all selling it's buns and meat Cheese and veggies,
1: right? <clears throat> well, it, it's super easy. Sorry, super easy. <laughs> well, Johnny, here's the answer to everything. Yep. <laughs> Here, you know the the reality is, we could say the same thing about our spouse, couldn't you? I mean, no, my spouse is original. They're, well, but, but that's exactly my point, <laughs> I'm, it's Chandra. Right? I love so, you. You're so, the best, baby. So for for you and I, we both have spouses. If we just talk about the attributes we have beautiful, nice, um, females with, you know, y- you can go down the list. We have yeah. the same thing, right? But it's not the same. They aren't the same thing. We're not remotely. So the same thing goes to, I mean, anybody who, who knows the reality of things, if you're going to go have a, a hamburger at a fast food joint, a fast food joint, you're probably, I mean, a smart person goes to Wendy's. I mean, they have the very <laughs> best hamburgers of the fast food joints in your opinion. No, no, it's not. Bacon, <laughs> oh, it's, but I mean, oh, it's
0: fact. It's fact.
1: All right. Specifically, the junior bacon cheeseburger. Ju- oh, that's tastic, that's the best one. Absolutely. Okay. Um, or you know, but my, you see so my point. So do you also you can, dip your fries in the frosty?
0: <laughs> well, of course I
1: do, <laughs> dude. Come on, that's like 101. Wendy's 101. <laughs> All right, so go ahead. No, but my point is, is that everyone does have their opinion of right. what the what the best is, and I think their best is when they say that's the best, right? Obviously that's a subjective thing. So when I say it's the best burger, that means for me, I like it the best. Same thing with churches. Churches are not designed, and, and, and I hate saying it like that, churches. Uh, well, let's call it gatherings in general, like these these groups mm-hmm. that come together. Everything has its own DNA, its own little particular piece. And there's, there's two big factors. Um, I've never been called by God to go get food from Arby's ever. Mm -hmm. He never wanted me to get Arby's. He (laughs) permits me to, but Mm -hmm. it is not his perfect will. However, I am called by God to meet with a certain Mm -hmm. gathering. Now, the best part of a calling is that you generally, um, when you start walking in the calling, you have joy and peace and and all that. Now you can resist it. You know, Jonah resisted his calling um but when you move past that part of it you you find all of that stuff that satisfaction and and it's inexplicable and this is one of the things i think that comes up so many times is when you look at um you know these different churches there are there are times that i'm literally going i don't know how that church has so many people like i can't explain mm-hmm. it because from my vantage point there is zero things about it that's appealing but clearly it it's, it's appealing, it's got, right? And 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 the exact same thing could be said about spouses. Sure. I've thought of. I mean, I've told Lori, I was like, I don't know how that marriage exists. If I was the husband, <laughs> right. there's no way, right. you know. But that's the whole point, right? We're wired a certain way. So the point of that of that processing
0: with church leaders is. Most of us, most church leaders that are trained in the whole thing about how to grow a church and grow, everybody is told the same thing, or you go to con- they go to conferences <laughs> right. and they pick up this and think, well, McDonald's did this and got this result, mm-hmm. so I'll do the same thing. Instead of digging down into your heart and into the calling that God has put on your life
1: and discovering your secret sauce. Yeah, church conference, church growth conferences is, is the emotional or relational equivalent of Tinder. Yes, it is. I mean, swipe left until you find something you like, and that right. might fit you.
0: And so, what a lot—what I think a lot of us have done. Or swipe in, right. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what a lot of us have done in the church, especially in leadership, is uh, we spend the majority of our time copying what others have done or what we are comfortable with or used to. Mm-hmm. And maybe that, maybe that is God's calling for, for for you. But if we're all journeying and listening to God there is a reason why God has called ministers to minister where they are. Mm -hmm. And we need to find out, okay, God, what is my specific piece that you want me to contribute in this area? And that is the secret sauce. Right. And so for us, we're still in that process. Okay. We know, we know so far that as we grow, we know that, uh, counseling type messages, helping people, um, undo their baggage mm-hmm. their emotional baggage is going to be a part it's a piece but this is now another one of those pieces that we truly believe that god is 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 uh, calling us and he's equipping us to simplify discipleship based on two statements that jesus made and so guys i want to jump into and talk through um the the message from this past week and we're just going to break it out a little bit and share stories about how this has worked in our life Um, and i want to encourage you to go to our website at newlifeokc.org and uh, you can listen to previous messages uh, in this series it is vitally important please hear me listeners that you come to know that you were designed to hear the voice of god for your self okay um that that jesus said it this way in john 10 27 my sheep hear my voice i know them and they follow me that means god has designed you and wants you to know the voice of god the voice of jesus the voice of the spirit it's all the same thing he wants you to know his voice and then john 14 23 jesus makes this comment He says, those who love me will do what I say. So there is a simple definition of what a disciple is. You hear the voice of God and you do what he tells you to do. And that is really the focus of this series, talking about frequency. And we're using the illustration of a radio um, and and how an old style radio and how you can tune in uh, to certain. Stations, and here in a couple of weeks, I'm we're going to actually talk to you about what causes static Mm. on an old radio, and it's probably going to surprise everybody. So just hang with us uh, as we build towards that. But we've talked about that we're designed to hear God's voice. We've talked and showed you biblically that that God is a God who communicates uh, throughout the entire Bible, cover to cover, is the story of God communicating with humanity. Um, He's never stopped communicating. Um, we we we've talked to you about different aspects of what we do as disciples, especially in this area of trying to redefine prophecy. Prophecy is simply speaking what you hear, uh, speaking life. Um, but now we want I wanted to get start getting some getting down practically and start talking to people and showing you. Um, if we let the Bible be our guide, what are ways that God speaks to us? And um, so as we get started, I wanna read one scripture to you today. Um, and I would encourage you to highlight this in your Bible, on your phone, whatever. I would encourage you to just read this. I'm reading, I've been reading it every day for about two months. Hey, Jesus said this, and uh, in context, by the way, Right above this in your Bible, in Mark chapter 4, he's telling the story of the sower who, who sows seed, and the seed represents the word of God. So within that context, right after that story, Jesus makes this statement. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. In other words, give focused effort, looking for and listening to God's voice. That's what he's meaning. Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, listen to what? The word of God. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. Hey, guys, you do realize you can listen to someone and not pay attention to
1: them. Doing it right now. I know you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You can listen to someone
0: and not understand what they're saying. Right. I have ADD. So I have to, I've had to train myself in some ways. I take medication to help me. Um, But man, early on in my marriage... It was really, really hard for me to listen to Shander for more than five minutes, you know, and I know husbands, you're going to say, well, hey, I got ADD then. Uh, um, But the reality is, is I had to we had to learn in our relationship that sometimes she would have to not get offended when I would say, hey, wait a minute, I drifted off. Can you say that again? Mm hmm because i want to pay close attention i don't just want to hear i want to understand her and we need to be that way with god god i don't just want to hear your voice i want to understand what you're saying so he says the closer you listen the more understanding you will be given so understanding isn't based on us Mm -hmm. it's it's something that we are given and we're given it through the holy spirit because he is the spirit of truth so the more it's everybody um jeremy and uh gabe okay if you don't know gabe is his son for listeners one of his his kids um and uh gabe has gone gabe has all the same um manger all the body design (laughs) that jeremy and i have but he's lost how many pounds now
1: Mm, 70 or so and how long when
0: did he start what two years ago
1: not even i think it's less than that but yeah
0: okay we'll we'll say over two, a year less than two okay we'll say a year and a half to be safe mm-hmm. he's dropped weight he has built muscle right and there is nothing he's done that you or i can't do oh right yeah It's just that he's activated things and the more that he's activated them and utilized them, he's got a greater benefit. Well, folks, that is the same way that understanding works. The more that we listen to God and let the Holy Spirit help us to understand him, Jesus says, you're gonna get more understanding. You're gonna get better at hearing the voice of God. Those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But, I hate but scriptures. Hmm. But, for those who are not listening even what little understanding they have will be taken away right how does it get taken away well because life then begins to sap strength out of us mm. we begin to look at circumstances in our life that overwhelm us and overwhelm the voice of god in our life so it's very important that we come to understand the voice of god well to help us get started i want to
1: throw this to that point when you talk about how it gets taken away, I mean, there, you know, man should not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, right? So, the words that come out of the mouth of God is our sustenance, and our sustenance That's right. gets That's utilized. Good. So it gets taken away because we're not refreshing that, we're not hearing Him. So what we do have gets used. That's exactly right, and we're not going back
0: and getting more. Right. Um, let me give you an, an analogy that we used this past weekend that God gave me as, as I was praying through this and just kind of thinking on it over the last couple of months. And it really has helped help me. Um, so, listener, if you would just for a second, just get a picture in your mind. Maybe you're driving down the road right now. Maybe you're walking. Um, but imagine a, a bright, sunny day. In your mind just a bright sunny day and let's let the sun represent god's voice and in this analogy there is no dawn there is no night the sun is always shining all right and that represents god's voice that he's always been speaking now in that sunlight imagine a house the house represents our reality that we're living in right now his voice is around us Mm. he's carved out a reality for us to inhabit for us to live in this house My son is an architect. He's drawing all kinds of buildings. I have yet to see him design a building that did not include windows. So I want you to put windows in the house.
1: A building without windows is called a bunker. Uh, It's called a bunker. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, So imagine a house that's got windows. Those windows represent ways that God speaks into our reality. My mom and dad have this huge vaulted ceiling in their living room. Jeremy, you've been in there. Yeah. Um, But years ago we would get in there and when the sun would begin to set in the west because their house they living in the windows face to the west man the light would hit those windows and we would literally have to move yeah in the in the room as the sun went down because it was just so bright and hot and so my parents decided to spend a good amount of money and put some blinds in mm. there and um, they were able to set those blinds and man it cut the sunlight you know and made it much better so listener you've got the sun God's voice you've got the house that's our reality you've got windows which is avenues that God has built in to get into our reality you and I are in the house and we are the ones that are in control of the blinds and the blinds represent our openness and receptivity to the voice of God and from a lot of us we've only been taught that there's we've only been taught about one window mm. and um, even maybe with that one we maybe have the blinds cracked halfway open, but listener, I want you to understand today that they're in the Bible. We're going to show you over the next two podcasts, at least eight. I stopped counting at 10 as I've been researching this ways in the Bible that we can see that God speaks to people. So as we, as Jeremy and I talk for the next few moments, we're going to give you four, the first four windows. And if we have time, I'll throw in one. We didn't talk about this week. Um, But the first window I want us to to talk about is the most obvious one. So that's why we're gonna start with it. Um, And that is is the Bible. Um, And uh, throughout the New Testament, the word, word, (laughs) is used. And in the New Testament, because we've grown up with the Bible, we interpret that word, the word of God, to mean the Bible itself. But if we're honest, when that was talked about in that time frame, we, we have to be intellectually honest that the Bible didn't exist when Jesus was on the earth or when Paul was writing letters. So then what, what did they mean by that word of God? Well, there's two Greek words primarily used in the New Testament. That give us some grounding. The first one is Logos, and a simple way to understand Logos is the word. It's the general word of God. Um, it is. It, it it does carry the idea of a literal person speaking, which is is, is what we have, but it's general. It means, it means that it, it applies to everybody. One of the beautiful things about the Bible is that the story of God and his interaction with humanity and salvation through Christ is now available to anybody, anybody. It's the general word of God. But the second word that is used in the new Testament is the word rhema. And this is, this is a spontaneous amplified word of God where You're reading the Bible and then and and you're just reading the logos. You're just reading. And then a scripture, it almost jumps off the page at you. And it it, maybe it hits right at the right time for something in your life. That's called a Rhema word. And and it's where the word of God comes to life in your mind. It it begins to shape the way you think. And actually one of the words, one of the chapter or scriptures that uses the word rhema is a famous one where it talks about, in Ephesians 6, it talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word, the rhema of God. So that sword of the Spirit is something that we fight with. We fight the enemy with, you know, you know we in, in our mind and, and whatever. But we don't just fight with Scriptures. We fight with rhema. You fight with things that the Holy Spirit has brought to you, that He's blown on the embers of the Logos and brings it to your mind. So that is why reading the Bible does not make you a disciple. But reading the Bible is important because it is one window through which God can breathe into your life and through a rhema word impact you and help communicate things to you. Have you ever had a time where something like that has happened to you?
1: You're going to ask me to stay within these boundaries, which I will not be able to do.
0: (laughs) I'm going to ask you to try.
1: (laughs) Well, okay, the thing is, the first thing I want to say is these precepts work with each other. So there are a lot, and, and I will focus on this, but when you, when you learn to hear the voice of God five or 10 or infinite ways, because I believe there are infinite mm-hmm. ways, when you, when you learn to do it, let's just say you've, you've, you've got six main ways of doing it. Those six things are exponentially compounding upon each other. Therefore, when you come back, so you, this is why when you read scripture, as you grow and mature, the same scripture you've read a hundred times looks different because you're hearing God through other mechanisms that then open up that scripture bigger. And we're going to get to that
0: this week. We're going to talk about the interconnectivity of the windows.
1: Okay. Gotcha. So, uh, so I was getting really lost in thinking about all of those things, (laughs) but you were talking about uh, the give me the question more specifically. I'm saying, have you
0: ever had a, a time where you've read a scripture, you know, infinite times, and you experienced that logos or that rama, where something just it was like God just said woof, and you you saw it in a different light.
1: Yes, absolutely. My, one of my favorite ones, and it will connect a little bit to one of the ways God leads us, but um, there's a scripture, and, and this has become much more in vanguard recently. People, I've heard other people saying this, but it was very new to me. You should have written it. I, well, it was revelation to me from another scenario, but, but it really came to light to me probably 18 years ago when it says God gives you the desires of your heart. And... Um, one day I was reading that and God said, N- "No, not the things that you want I'm going to give you. The things that you want have been given to you by me already." Yes. So the desire that's in my heart was given to me by God, not the things that I want. <laughs> I want that's coffee. Right. You see what I'm saying? So Totally. And so that was That was so life altering because one of the biggest things that it helped me understand and, and, you know, spoiler alert, God leads us through desire. One Mm -hmm. of the ways he does, because when he puts that desire in our heart, why wouldn't you? I mean, it's almost a logical thing, right? So, so yeah, scripturally speaking, when you read that scripture, nine times out of 10 and probably because we're selfish people in general, (laughs) we're like, hell, praise God. This is the one I'm standing on to make sure I get my car or my house Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and you can stand on that, but I don't think it's gonna do anything. <laughs> Maybe it will. I don't know. Faith is an amazing thing, so who knows? But ultimately recognizing that that um that shift just in the way I read that, it didn't come from reading it. Right. At all. I right. read it a bunch. It came from the spirit inside of exactly. me revealing what I just read or Rama exactly yeah
0: yes, that is that is how it works. And um, what I love about the scripture that you just brought out there um, is that um, it shifts us from a lack mentality that that everything begins with us and we're needy to understanding that we already have everything available to us. It's just a matter of what God chooses to put inside of us and what mm-hmm. he chooses to give us, those desires. Mm-hmm. So nothing really, if we're following God, begins with us. Well,
1: and and to, to build on even that, I mean, the scripture prior to it says, um, seek not all of this stuff, right. but the kingdom of God, right? right. If I'm not mistaken, that's, that's right. leads into that. And so... Don't worry about your food, your clothes, your all of these material goods. These things, if you seek first the kingdom of God, these things will be added to you. That's right. right? And so you're going to get all of this stuff that, that sustains you, but th- what I'm ultimately giving you is my desires to do what I'm... And, and that's the thing. God... Uh, you know one of my favorite lines from a this is a, gonna be very evangelistic hes sounding <laughs> like a traveling guy if it's God's will it's God's, God's bill. will yeah that line besides rhyming <laughs> is cool because it really is saying you know how many times do we we get our plans and our our dreams in the way of what God wants us to do because we get kind of tunnel visioned on stuff right and so um when we recognize that that his if he does not supply for it, and this goes back, we can talk about the story of Nehemiah to really mm-hmm. illustrate this, but if he's not supplying for this vision or, or goal or dream that you have, it's not his. It's okay. yours. Agreed. Anyway, that's off topic, but no, it's actually going to fit in in a minute. Awesome. Okay,
0: so the first way, that one of the ways that God speaks to us is the Bible. I started with it because I want us to use the Bible as our guide. So if we use the Bible as our guide and we start at the very, very beginning, we see God speaking to his creation, Adam. How did he do that? Was it a booming voice? Did the earth shake? I mean, was it Charlton Heston channeled from the, you know, the 10 Commandments movie? Probably not. I believe that he spoke, personally, this is my opinion, not God's, mind. I believe that he spoke to God in the natural way that he created Adam, which was his spirit, because it's the spirit that is connected to God. And so I think that God, we could say, talk to him through his thoughts through his impulses, his whatever, however you want to phrase it. I use the word thoughts. I want you to know that God wants to talk to you through your thoughts. And I think part of the problem that we have was so, at least that I used to have, was how do I know if it's my thought? Is it God's thought? Mm. And then you start to realize, what if most, I begin to realize, what if most of my thoughts don't begin with me at all? I'm nothing but a vessel. Mm-hmm. I'm designed to be filled by someone. We're either going to be filled by the spirit of God, or we're going to be filled by
1: the spirit that's not of God. Yeah. And so they are your thoughts. So the, but their thoughts that are ruminating <laughs> and, and marinating with the spirit of God.
0: So the question is, is the thoughts that randomly run through your mind, are they seeded by God that, and it's the seed that we begin to think on? or are they seated by somebody, a spirit that's not of God? For example, no one, I, I, I was talking with someone the other day, uh, um, a kid who, and, and this kid is just an example of all of us, that just has these horrible thoughts about himself. I'm trash, I'm stupid, mm-hmm. I'm ugly, I'm bad. Is that, is that a God thought? Well, no one is naturally gonna think that way about themselves. Right. But is that thought seated by the enemy of us and then our mind hits it and we begin to churn on it so my point is that how many i begin to think how many of my thoughts really do generate from me versus which we see this in the bible are seeded mm-hmm. and the question is who's throwing the seeds and what are we holding on to and grabbing and allowing to format in our mind so if, if you can go with that analogy i already told you that jesus before the scripture i referenced here in earlier in Mark is talking about a sower scattering the word of God. Mm -hmm. God will scatter your thoughts with his thoughts. He'll seed into your mind, your thoughts. And so what I've come to understand for me, I want to see if it mirrors to you. If I have a thought to do something, say something, (laughs) think in a way that I know I would not naturally do that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That usually has proven to me through experience to be the voice of god yeah that's been one of the ways that that i have have learned that voice um what do you think
1: yeah i absolutely i mean there are things the challenge to that is that when you, the more often that happens then now all of a sudden it becomes the norm and so you can't measure it by the same standard. I wouldn't normally have that thought. Well, no, normally I would have a God thought because that's the norm, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But I think the real key is this, is that we have lost our ability to trust what's happening uh, and God speaking to us. Because one, I think we're afraid that we're going to, if we fail, first off, we're assuming failure is measured by some standard that that is not subjective. Mm-hmm. But if by whatever standard we've thrown up, we fail in whatever it is God's told us to do, we think, well, God's failed. Right. And that's simply not true. One, the failure itself is not something you can measure. The only failure that we as human beings could ever have, there's only one thing we can fail at, and that's obedience you can fail at being obedient. You Mm -hmm. cannot fail at taking action in obedience because you don't have the right to measure what is success and what is failure. If God started, you know, he- Now, what you mean by that is by not, is again, going
0: back to that second scripture of a disciple, those who love me do what I say. It's when you hear something you know is God and you don't obey,
1: that's where you've- That's where you fail, right. Right. But, But let's say that, you know, but a lot of us judge our failure based on the outcome. On the of outcome, it was. absolutely, because you know God called me to start the Stream Grace Network. If the Stream Grace Network disappeared tomorrow, did I fail? No. Did I not do what you know? Did did I mishear God? No, no, none of those things. I'm following Him in obedience. That's why I can't tell you what the Stream Grace Network will look like right. in a year. Totally. Um, and so I think that that's the key to that. So yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, here's we're going to get into this in more detail and we're probably going to bump to a second episode real quick to finish this out. So we'll, we'll throw two of these out there. Just listen to two of them. This is important that we talk through this. Um, and I'm purposely building this and teaching this individually, but in this series, we're going to talk about how these have to work together. That's one way that we get confirmation, which is another place that we're going. So let me give you an example here just with these two windows. I've often heard it said, and maybe many people have heard it said that whatever thoughts come into your mind, they have to, they can't contradict the Bible. Mm. Okay. Um, and there is truth to that, but there is a, uh, there's an area that that comes into, into an issue for, for us. And that is if God tells you, puts the thought in your mind to go and shake a police officer's hand and tell him, thank you. Where is the chapter and verse in that? Right. If that that becomes the basis.
1: This is the. But if we allow. Go ahead. But if
0: we allow the Bible and begin to view the Bible as teaching us the character and the nature of God. Right. Then now we've got the bumpers. Right. The thoughts that we have. One of the. Another way you can judge is this from God. Does it violate his nature or his character? If it does. Guess what? That's not God. There you go. Nice and yeah
1: easy. that's what I was gonna say I mean it you, the the Bible doesn't do anything except help us establish a historical record and, and uh, let me qualify this yeah. within the context yes except it helps us establish a historical record of the character and nature of God when we know this is how he operates and by the way it it's it is a body of work you can't take apart you know this little segment I saw a great video the other day I thought it was the funniest thing it was um, the conversation coming back from the mountain between Abraham and Isaac.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be a great... I've thought and about was, that before.
1: It was such a funny video because cause it's just a back and forth. I'll have to show it to you. But it's... Uh, uh Isaac says... He's just eating stuff and he keeps looking over at his dad, looking over at his dad. And he goes... So we're not going to talk about you just trying to kill me. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. And so anyway, it's a great thing. But that's the whole point is you couldn't take that little part and go, oh, well, that's, you know, you have to take the whole body of work. What do we see with God thing? And we have to do our very best to recognize God's perspective, which is so different than man. It's God's wisdom versus man's wisdom. I can't look at some of the actions he takes from a temporal mindset. I have right. to take it from an infinite mindset or infinite in terms of time and spiritual mindset. So when we see God, um, like even within the certain laws in the Old Testament where people were ordered to die. We see this and we go, "That's is the ultimate punishment. No, the ultimate punishment is spiritual death, not physical death. Right. Physical death is a transition into exactly. spiritual life, uh, 100%, right? So totally. so that, we we've got that so messed up because we are humans and we recognize mortality at a natural level. But that is natural thinking, not supernatural thinking. so when we we have to step out of that a little bit and recognize that, and when you do that, see the body work, then weighing everything against the character of God is so much simpler. Yes, it is is it is it in Christ's character to walk up to anybody mm-hmm. and just bless them? Exactly. Yes, it is. You don't have to ask. you don't have right. to wonder, is it in God's character to walk up to just anybody and completely and totally rebuke them for something you don't like? Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but it is in his character to do so when somebody is doing something that is not, it violates his character. That's right. right? So the money changers in the in the temple, the rebuking of the uh, the judges of the of the the woman caught in adultery i mean you can go down the list but ultimately it comes down to hey you guys are taking actions counter to the character of god and you profess to represent him that's right. a very key thing when you profess to represent well now guess what i'm doing i'm going to rebuke you and i'm going to make it really clear very very clear where your spirit is coming from that's the spirit of your he quotes it your father the devil and so I think you know that's the to me this is kind of the favorite my favorite part of this reality is that when we understand that the Bible is is a terrific, um, like an amazing fundamental tool for give, for giving us the body of work of the character of Jesus and the Father, the Holy Spirit, how they operate, and then being able to culminate that. And that's why it's so important. We don't teach the concept of reading the Bible very often as reading the Bible. We teach it as studying a section. Okay. Let me jump here.
0: Yeah, um, I want us to go on and let's do another folks if it's okay with you we're just gonna
1: we're gonna continue okay let's just go along all right
0: we'll we'll hang on um someone asked me this past sunday um at our church right now um we do message notes um someone asked me they finally picked up on this uh pastor johnny why don't you put the scripture numbers (laughs) in the notes yeah I mean, I give the reference like Acts right. 4, 19 through 21, sure. but I don't bre- And I told them, I said, because I believe one of the worst things we ever did was break the letters up into chapters and verses right. because we lose the continuity mm-hmm. of what was going on.
1: And this is why the message version was so powerful when it first came out and still today. It still is. Yeah.
0: But that's where I think learning to allow the Bible to be see it from that vantage point. Mm-hmm. Um really helps us um let me show you a scripture real quick that uses the word again rhema that spontaneous amplification of the word of god about thoughts for the rhema of god is alive it's active it's powerful it the rhema that is sharper than a two-edged sword, exposes our innermost thoughts Mm -hmm. and desires. So the the, the rhema will help you to learn, wow, that's not a God thought, Mm -hmm. this is a God thought. And so here already within the first two, we're already seeing the interconnectivity. It is dangerous to go off just on the Bible or just on your thoughts. That's where people get off into tangents and go crazy we want to be balanced disciples that are learning to listen through all of the windows that god has designed us to hear him in yeah so bible thought another window experiences by this i'm specifically thinking i'm looking at past experiences um there is uh one of my favorite stories in the bible again letting it be our guide so god talked to adam probably through thoughts mm-hmm. but then we jump forward in the story and we've got israel uh, god told israel i'm going to take you to this promised land if you know the bible story the biblical record at all they get to this big river that they've got to cross um to get into canaan's land they send some spies over there they check it out ten of them eight of them said no it's too big for us two of them said no we do what god says and israel chose to be a democracy Right. You know, and they went with the majority. Mm -hmm. And so here's a great story, by the way, folks, that the majority is not always right. Anyway. Rarely. And so um, because they disobeyed God, God sends them for 40 years into the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And all of that generation that stood there and disobeyed God died off except the two that wanted to trust in God. And so, in the Bible says that God didn't even let their, the soles of their shoes wither. And, and they had all this strength and stuff. I mean, that's just, that's cool. But I wonder, what did Joshua and Caleb talk about around the fire pit when they were sipping on coffee? Do you think for 40 years, they continually talked about, man, if we ever get that chance again?
1: I think they griped so much to each other. <laughs> Why in the world? Do I have to (laughs) suffer because of those idiots. (laughs) Cowards. I think that they obviously- (laughs) Joshua did that. Caleb was way cooler.
0: I think that they spent, in fact, I'm positive. Though, I mean, we don't need to have this written down to know this is what happened. (laughs) We know that their history was oral tradition anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. For forty years, they told that story to those kids. That's right. For forty years, they told them, "Hey, we had a chance and we missed it." And they shared- and since their
1: counterparts died off, they had they could shape that. How there was nobody else going. No, it was scary.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's so. They, I think they 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 told them about this experience. Yeah. So that when that second chance came this generation that heard about this past experience was led by two people that let God speak to them from their past. Right. And they made a different decision. Yeah. Um, I told this Sunday and then I'm going to toss it to you. I told this Sunday, um, real quickly, my dad had to do this, this, uh, uh, assignment in one of his master's classes where he had to basically write his biography. He's got a humongous binder um, Mm. where he wrote his life story and he, it's called life mapping. And what he found that he did not know until he did this was as he was writing this out, the Rhema hit Mm. and he began to see all the way back in his childhood, right? Clear signs, that God was in his life and directing him even when my dad did not care about God. And folks, I'm here to tell you, God loves you enough that if you will allow him, if you'll crack open the blind of your past, you know the past that we often wanna shut up really, really tight because of the mistakes that we've made. But if we'll crack open those blinds, the rhema of God will blow on your past events and he can speak to you through your past, and those can be great encouragements that God is in your life. Mm-hmm. The Bible says uh, all things work together for the good of those who are called. That scripture doesn't matter until you get through something and you look backwards. Yeah. So uh, the window of experience.
1: Experience is, is huge, and there are times where you're not gonna recognize it as an experience. <laughs> And, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell this story you're familiar with, uh, and I'll be relatively brief about it, but, but I think it's amazing because a lot of times the experience doesn't come like with the story we told about Caleb and, and Joshua, they knew right then we're making a mistake, yeah. right? So that experience was one. And, and I remember a time that when I was really new in the Lord, I couldn't have been, i maybe say for a year, year and a half. And there was a an, a man, I was like 14, no, I would have been 15, we'll say. And I was at church and there was a guy I didn't know who was, everybody was leaving church and it was over and he was sitting in the pew still. And I just, I felt in my spirit, I, I, I didn't know that at the time, right? I just thought to myself, I should go pray for him. Now that's weird for someone that hadn't been saved very long and my salvation was not an experience like most people have. It was a growth into... Right because everyone just assumed I knew Jesus, which annoyed right. the snot out of me later anyway. <laughs> but but I sat there and I thought, man, I should go pray for this guy. And then I didn't do it. <laughs> right. And because I, I didn't do it. Why? Because I thought, well, I'm probably wrong. I don't know who this is. He's like 40 and I'm 15. Uh, how weird is that? But where I knew I missed God was, or I missed my opportunity, as a probably better way of putting that, is somebody walked up and prayed for him right then (laughs) and i'm like okay well two 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 things i took away from that right away was first off yes that was the voice of god saying jeremy go pray for him (laughs) and two that man didn't lose out on having someone pray for him god just called somebody to go pray for him as well and and for all i know i would have prayed and that person would have still walked up who knows but point is That was an experience, but, you know, when I look back at some things, um, and I'm sure we've, I know we've talked about this on some podcasts, Lord knows where, but when we talk about rest in my life and how in 2010 God showed me this vision of rest, if you've listened to the Redux Church podcast, the most recent episode uh, as of today, um, talks about that, kind of gives a breakdown of that. Um, but in that whole process, God's been speaking rest to me for over 11 years. He is just speaking it over and over again and unfolding it. I didn't think a word that had four letters like that, that were so simple, could be unfolding to such a massive degree. It just blows my mind. And he gives me these revelations in different ways. But the most recent one is that God, you know, as we started working on and and uh, God planted the seed for the Stream Grace Network, we started building it and growing it. And one of the things the Lord spoke to me was that um, through a series of a lot of things, and that's why it'd be so exciting to kind of talk about, you know, when we talk how they all come together, mm-hmm. right? Um, but not jumping to that. We may get to that story later in the episodes, but <clears throat> he started showing me these things and he, and the word he spoke is I am, you're, you're a modern day Noah. I'm creating a platform through you, I E an ark. right? He's creating this ark, And so I'm processing this idea that God's calling me Noah to do what, you know, basically what he told Noah to do. Well, I also named my second son, Noah. So our second son's name is Noah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, two by twos in my mm-hmm. life. We've talked about that. But here's what's crazy. I was at a um, a deal at, at Oneness Ministries uh, called An Evening of Grace and they're just talking about something, you know, just stuff. It's a great, great thing when you get invited to go to that. Um, just talk about the Lord. It's really powerful. 15, 20 people. It's great. One of the ladies in there said, she was doing a word study and she looked up what Noah meant in Hebrew. And mm-hmm. I never looked that up. What does Noah mean in Hebrew, Johnny? You tell me, buddy. It means rest. 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 <laughs> so, so, then, when you go back and- I didn't know that I just learned yeah. that a few months ago. however, God, when we think about how we named our son mm-hmm. we I would say we name our kids very spiritually um we did i'm I'm saying everybody does, but probably because for us, it was not a laborious process partly because we thought we were having girls. Every time we're like, oh, "All right, we got girl names picked out, girl names picked out, girl names picked out," were never biblical, by the way. <laughs> but we wanted to make sure our boys' names were biblical for some reason. So we went with Gabriel first. When you look up his the meaning of his name, it fits him beautifully. Then we named Noah Noah. But these things happened so quickly, it was spiritual. We knew in our guts that's what we should name them. Jacob was the same way, our third son. We named him that. And and there are lots of parallels. Of course, once you do that, you can certainly see things when, when you go back and look. But but my point is, I didn't know what, we didn't look at the meaning of Noah. Mm-hmm. We didn't think it had a meaning. For how mm-hmm. all I know, it just means Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here I am, 21 years later, learning that that name was rest, a message God has been unfolding in me for 11 years, and it just compounded it then. And he recently gave me the word. He's called me to be a modern day Noah. He called me to be a modern day rest. Right. He's been s- seeding this in me for so long. So when you talk about experiences, my point in that is to say that experience happened ten years mm-hmm. ago, but I didn't understand its its validity when I start putting all these things together. Right. And and I want to say this. For for most people, there's there's gonna be this in their life. I, I think everybody, when you can be truly reflective and look back and see the puzzle pieces of your life, the tapestry that's woven, what you have to understand is big life stuff, the Bible story type stuff, does not come together in a week. No, it does not. It is a lifetime expanse. We don't know the the stories we know from scripture aren't short. Right. In terms of the temporal time it's easy for us to read right. but it takes decades right. to unfold. Right. And we want to read it and then go and apply that in our lives and wonder why I haven't got to this pinnacle in in 3 weeks. I've been right. praying what's wrong. Right. <laughs> you know.
0: You're exactly right. And that is the value of learning to crack open the window of our past. Yeah. And let God reframe our past and show us his hand in it three windows so far the bible logos and rhema it's the rhema that's the key yeah thoughts we can i can read the bible the logos and get in my brain but it's really the rhema when god blows on my thoughts Mm -hmm. and seeds them that's where things change it's it's
1: like the highlighter to the data yeah it is yeah
0: then your past is just your past it's just general until you let the rhema hit your past. That's right. And you begin to see it. A fourth one experiences of the past, circumstances of the present. Mm. I truly believe, as and we'll, we'll, we'll end on this one, I truly believe that people miss here God in this window.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know people <laughs> in my life that they have a thought. And here I'm, I'm going to start getting into connect, interconnectivity just a little bit. Sure. They'll have a thought that maybe, maybe is tied to a desire. Maybe they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and they believe, okay, God wants me to do this. And they might even have a scripture that they're standing on. So you got two lights. For those of you that don't know where I'm going with this, let me just give you a little bit of analogy. In video, broadcast video watch your tv you'll see this you, you probably have never seen it before but if you listen and you go do this you'll always see this now it's called three-point lighting. there is lighting that is on the 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 left the, <laughs> that yeah, was, yeah, like that an was announcement. amazing yeah it was there's 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 the lighting that's on the front there's lighting on the sides but if you'll pay attention you'll see lighting on the back shoulder of the person it's three-point lighting that allows them to diffuse shadows mm-hmm. all right if you only use one light you're going to cast shadows shadows biblically are doubt but if you will get three at least three points of light going
1: man suddenly you can get a lot more confidence so i want to just i'll let you jump on this but another scripture that paul quoted jesus talking about in the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established. established any word when you have ram a word from god let it be in through more than one point, two yes. or three points. Now, that's not the direct translation of what was said. They were talking about correction and a brother, but this principle absolutely applies. Totally applies. So
0: when present circumstances, if God has spoken something to me and I have to work really hard to make it happen in the present, right? it's probably not now. Sometimes God will speak to you at least three kinds of words. Dale Gentry is is someone that that has really taught me a lot through my lifetime. Um, And uh, he was a pastor and a minister and uh, just a good guy. Anyway, God will give you new words, something you haven't thought about before. He'll give you confirming words, okay? Which is what we all want, you know? It's where a word hits other windows and you're like, oh, okay. And then sometimes he'll give you a weird word that's just like, wow, that's... and on weird words, you, you like put them in a, put them up on a shelf and just wait. Mm-hmm. But the new words are the ones where you start looking for confirmation. So if God speaks something to you and you begin to look at the circumstances, you should be asking, okay, God, if this is you, do I step now or do I wait for the circumstances to line up? Now, I know that may sound really, really different to a lot of people but let me show you a scripture from the new Testament that you probably have not thought about in this vantage point that hopefully now this light will make more sense. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy spirit to speak the word of God in Asia. Paul wanted to go hmm. to Asia, but the Holy spirit resisted him. How did he do that? Circumstances didn't line up that allowed him to get to Asia, no matter how hard he tried. Right. There were circumstances that didn't line up. So, folks, listen to me. You need to know that God not only is speaking to you in your past, He's not only speaking to you through the Bible or in your thoughts, but He'll speak to you in your present circumstances right now if you'll listen to Him. Mm-hmm. But just like with all of these, don't just go on circumstances. Right. Okay. Something can look good right now. But if you step, maybe you're not following God or look bad either either way. Yeah. Um, So there's the first four windows. Talk about how you see all that tying together, especially circumstances real quick.
1: Right. So, um, you know, like I said earlier, God's will, God's bill kind of thing that there is there's there's something I'd like to do in the network that um, I I have vision for. It's like, I'd like to do this. I think it would be great. Um, I don't have resource for it. So what do I do? I set it on the shelf. I don't, I wouldn't say that it's not, uh, it wasn't from God. It goes back to timing. I think the biggest, one of the things that happens, and, and we've kind of already hit this, but you know, people latch on to how they hear from God. Sometimes they don't recognize they're hearing from God. And I, I like to say this hearing from God, one oh one for most Christians is open door, um, policy. If the doors open, I walk through right. it. Right. And they say, we say it all the time. God's opening doors. God's opening doors. Well, yeah maybe maybe right. but but also there's sometimes there's doors are open right <laughs> you can just go through them and and i think that the thing is this is why it's so crucial that we hear God across the the spectrum and and we have to understand most to me my belief system in this connectivity the connectivity serves as the confirmation yes it does right it's not You know, we can say this, we're looking for confirmation. What we're looking for is connectivity across multiple things, signs and wonders. We're afraid in today's modern world to look for signs because it's been so overdone. I asked God for a sign and he showed me this. I don't know why I had to go to that accent. (laughs) And so we're afraid of it. But the reality is God says, look for signs. Like he lays that out. Even Mm -hmm. in, in Matthew, when Jesus is talking about the end times, he says, when you see these things, you'll know that time's near. So uh, they talk about the things in the heavens, like uh, eclipses and things like that. So these stands stand for points of confirmation. That's right. So the connectivity part of, of all of that um, and in the here and now, the opportunity, if it's God's will, it's God's will. Just because you have the money to do something doesn't mean you should do it. There's some things I have the money to do and some things I want to do, and I have a check about getting it done. First off, in coordinating the efforts to try to execute what I want done takes another human being mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm talking about. Our schedules haven't lined up. We haven't been able to do this thing. And it's caused me to take a second look at whether I should do it at all. Mm-hmm because while I may have the money not only to do it, but allocated to do it, maybe I'm not supposed to do it. right? And so, and maybe I am, maybe it is going back to timing. Maybe there's, you know, I think about some of the things in in the world that I'm in, I tend to stay on the front end of technology all the time. And so, what I don't know is what's being developed, right? Right. They keep that behind closed doors and I don't, I'm not a spy. So, (laughs) there are some circumstances where where if I would wait a month, a new product is revealed that will solve all my problems. And I'm trying to do something that takes like 12 things to do, and then they're gonna release this one product that will solve all those things. But I don't know about that. But but guess who does know? God, knows, God does. right? And so when I'm doing his work, and he says, all right, hold on a second. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm doing your work. I know, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. That feels weird, because I wanna be productive. I wanna keep moving. It's like, what, I'm supposed to stop for a second? And he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like when you're driving your car. If you're going from Oklahoma City to Pittsburgh, you are going to stop your vehicle a minimum of mm-hmm. probably four to five times. Minimum. Right. That's just a fuel. But you also may want to go stop it 15 times and look at different things along the way. God may want to use you to speak into someone's life. You just filled up and you get off the interstate two miles later because God wants you to speak to somebody. Right. Well, that's the same thing that happens. We we see that destination, and this is why I think God so rarely gives us the, the, the destination. Because we'll just fly there. Totally. <laughs> you know?
0: He circumstances are a powerful window that we have got to learn to open the blinds. Mm-hmm. Um, as we wrap up today, um, I want to go back to that analogy and I want you to, I, I want everyone to grab a hold of this because this has changed my approach to, to hearing the word of God in, in this vantage point. Um, it's taken some pressure off, but it's actually I focused <laughs> the pressure where it belongs. Right. Exactly. Listen yeah. to me in my analogy of the, the sunlight, the house, the windows and the blinds. The weight of the responsibility is on me being open to listening to him speak. Mm-hmm. That's my responsibility. That's it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go try to to get into a right frame of mind or 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 a perfect season uh, to focus to hear God. Like it's hard, right? we just have to say we have to choose in our 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 heart and in our life to say lord i'm open now listen god be
1: spiritually aware be
0: spiritually aware pay attention listen carefully
1: jesus said focus on that so
0: here on these first four i would i want to encourage all of you to just open your heart open your mind to uh, the reality number one god is speaking to you and that at least here's four simple ways that you can allow god to begin to talk to you through the Bible um, through your thoughts through your past experiences and through your circumstances and I want to encourage you to do that this week we're we're going to come back in our next episode and we're going to talk about uh, four more windows and we're going to start connecting these things together it is vitally important that all of us learn to hear God He is speaking be open to Him His voice can change your life. Amen.